Ladies and gentlemen, brethren all, welcome to the Working Tools Masonic Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Connor Massey, and with me are my two brothers and colleagues. I'll let them introduce themselves in a moment, but first, it's really important that we clarify that our opinions are our own, and by no means are reflective of the opinions or stances of our Grand Lodge, any other Grand Lodge, or any Masonic body amongst the world. Now, with that said, I'll let, I'll let Steve introduce himself. Hi, my name is Steve Chung. I am uh, Senior Demolay from Beaver Chapter in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia, and I'm a past master of my lodge, uh, Prince Charles Lodge, here in Kelowna, BC, and I'm a past thrice Pusin Grand Master of the Valley of Vernon, and uh, yeah, and a whole bunch of other things that go along with that stuff and all that work, you know. And now on to Dave. Hey guys, uh, my name is David Barron. I'm a fellow craft mason at the Garibaldi Lodge in Squamish. And I like to draw pictures, so I'm the creative dude. There you go. And with us today is a guest host, Alan Belaitho. So I'm going to let Alan introduce himself and tell us all a little bit about him. Hi, I'm Alan Belaitho. I was became a... Uh, Ended apprentice in my 21st year, same as Connor did, and went on to become a past ma or master of Corford Grammarians Lodge. It's an unusual title because in Australia, particularly Melbourne, a lot of the lodges are connected with the boys' schools there. So I went to Corford Grammar School and I was the past master of Corford Grammarians Lodge back in 88, 89. I then continued traveling the world and eventually uh, ended up in Vancouver, where I joined the Duke of Connaught, and now here on Vancouver Island, I'm a member of Britannia Lodge. So I'm a past master of Britannia by affiliation. Over to you, Connaught. So we are uh, going to be discussing uh, traveling and visiting other lodges, but uh, I'll let Steve get into the, uh, the uh, discussion today. All right, so we wanted to talk about visiting which is one of the biggest benefits of masonry um it's how we get to know our brothers in the in the worldwide brotherhood that we have and we're a part of and um you know it's uh, guys call it traveling visiting you know it, it's known by a few different names that way um but uh you know and there are proper protocols to follow let's let's get that out of the way first um we uh we know that when you go outside your jurisdiction you have to follow some rules in order to be able to legitimately visit other lodges and connor being the uh, uh technical guy there he's got he's got it all figured out you want to lay those out for us connor so the way that i understand the rules is that you if you say we're all in bc so say we were going to go to Alberta, because we were talking about Alberta in the last episode. Say we were going to go to Alberta. So what we would do is we would contact our secretary of our lodge and say, hey, Brother Secretary, we're going to Alberta and we're planning on visiting Alberta Lodge. Um, uh, and we're going to go and visit the lodge in Edmonton. We would. Th so then the secretary would go and contact the Grand Secretary of British Columbia and Yukon and say, hey, we've got these brothers. Um, 
we've got these brothers who are going to Alberta to visit a lodge. And uh, they, can you pass along that letter of introduction? So then the Grand Secretary would contact the Grand Secretary of Alberta, and then the Grand Secretary of Alberta would pass along the information to the lodge where the brother was going to visit. And then it would be uh, on the duty of the brother to bring a copy of the letter of introduction along with his dues card, should he be in a jurisdiction that has them. Um, and Grand Lodge certificate. And, and Grand Lodge certificate. Yeah. So yeah. it seems like a lot of uh, superfluous work, but uh, from a... Uh, Regulation it, standpoint? Yeah, it, it all makes sense. Yes. Now, it, it's all well and fine in the ideal perfect world to have a plan like that, which... You know, if you're if you know in advance you're going somewhere, you should follow those rules. Let's just get that out there, right? So now quite often things like visiting abroad um tend to happen more by chance. You know, you'll go somewhere, you'll you'll uh, meet a, a brother because he's donning the square and compass and you know, you end up chatting, you find out there's a meeting, and then you end up going to the meeting. So, um, I end up doing that a lot, just because I'm a very social guy. You know, I meet a guy, I, I met a guy in the superstore, I see he's got a ring, I say, ah, you're a traveling man, and he comes back to me with, have you been to the East? And, and then the conversations go from there. And uh, next thing you know, I invite him to come visit the lodge. He's come and visit our lodge, and he turns out to be from Seoul, Korea. And, um, you know, just happens, right? So, you know, he's he's here already. He's not going to be having the chance to get to his grand lodge and, and do all that rigmarole stuff, right? So quite often these types of things happen. And every now and then there's guys that like to um, confirm that you're uh, – a master mason by trial and there's various ways that they do that um <clears throat> i don't know is, is there does anybody know is there a specific trial that they have i i can talk from experience on that i've actually been tried three different times in bc and all three trials were different basically that you run through a short version of your prove up of the three degrees um, I wasn't asked for my obligation in full, but the usual questions that were asked were done. And there is a, in, our, in Britannia's bylaws, there is actually a version of what is called the Tyler's Oath, where that you actually take an oath on the volume of the sacred law that you are a uh, master mason in good standing and not excluded, etc. So that um, I've had have had to do that in two of the places where I've had to prove up. Cool. <laughs> it's funny. I actually had to prove up once, uh, prove myself when visiting Grand Lodge because, of course, I left my dues card in my other apron case. You know? <laughs> <clears throat> and then I'm registering for Grand Lodge and they're going, well, you know, I don't know you from a hole in the ground. It's the first time I've gone anywhere and didn't know anybody sitting behind the, the desk that you know of there was six different guys taking registration not one of them knew me now everybody on my side of the desk they knew me i had five six guys i'll vouch for them i'll vouch for them 
Yeah, well, I don't know you either, they said. So <laughs> they, take, they take me into another room and, <clears throat> and they're saying, well, you know, uh, prove to me that you're a master mason. So, you know, I started with um, one of the uh, working tools uh, and I gave them the working tools lecture. Yeah, well, they weren't too impressed with that. So then I gave them the short version, the, the ancient version of the address to the brethren. And they, yeah, well, they said that's public knowledge too. I said, well, you know, if you were a, uh, a, a seventh degree Scottish right, I'd give you the lecture in that. Or if you were a, a, a 14th degree, I'd give you the lecture in that or the, uh, you know, those kinds of things. But I really didn't have anything else prepared, right? <laughs> 15 minutes of of lectures and they finally said okay i've had enough i've had enough i believe you <laughs> well uh, mine mine were at the opposite end of it that i went through the first second third degree giving the grip the token the words um where were you uh prepared to be made a freemason those sort of questions and those sort of answers ah okay well that's so cool that, that so that's what i know is going through the three degrees on that <clears throat> Well, if they'd ask questions, that would have been easy. At least they're leading you, right? That's right. I have uh, I have visited an excessive amount uh, in the year that I've been a Mason, and I have never once been asked to prove that I am a Mason. That's because everybody knows you. Now, that, uh, with it, I can also go back that I was there at your first degree, uh, second and third, and... I remember the first time uh, you visited, I actually vouched for you. Oh, did you? Yep. So that you've had people vouching for you, people that have seen you. Actually, no, sorry, I saw your second and third, not your first. But um, I know and have vouched for you um, at at least one meeting. And that's where the first time I uh, visited in North Vancouver and the first time I visited um, on the island, I knew nobody here. As it happened, just I, after I came out to prove up on my second visit on the island, there was somebody that knew me from the uh, previous visit. Pretty cool. Yeah, my visiting days go all the way back and start with Dee Malay, Right Now, yep. back in the day, yep, that dates me a while, uh, in Vancouver, there were 17 Dee Malay chapters. Wow. So there was, there was something to do Dee Malay-wise six nights a week. And if it wasn't something to do demolay wise there was something to do joby wise and uh so it became quite the habit to visit other chapters up and down uh, the lower mainland and you know i'll tell you a little bit of a story when i was 16 i went on the road with the carnival that was fun uh, they, i was a carny yep it explains uh, so much. Oh, really? Cool. I'm glad you understand now. So we, uh, we snuck across the border at um, uh, Niagara Falls, worked our way down the A-Circuit all the way down to Daytona Beach, Florida. And then our boss rented a couple floors of rooms at the hotel on the beach and gave us two weeks off on the beach. Nice. Well, during, during that time, I looked up the local DMLA chapter. Right, which happened to be almost two hours from where I was, and but they happened. Their master counselor and uh, a couple of their other members happened to be coming relatively close to where I was, and so they came a little further, and we hung out for an afternoon. We got to know each other a little, and um, 
you know, we said our goodbyes and, and it was a really cool encounter, right? You know, and um, then a week later, well, me and the other Canadian, we got the shaft. We came home one day from the beach and our bags were out in the outside of a locked compound. All the trailers were gone. All the trucks were gone. They left without us and they abandoned us in Daytona Beach, Florida. Now, on the carnival circuit, that company gave you what they called cash advances, um, and then you would have a big paycheck at the end. Well, so needless to say, my buddy, he spends all his cash advances and didn't have any cash. I had a couple hundred bucks with me, but you know, really wasn't enough to do anything. And I'm sitting there, okay, I'm 16 years old. I'm in the United States. I got down here kind of, you know, on the QT, and how am I going to get home? So what's the first thing I do? I called my DMLA friends that I made contact with and told them the situation. And their mother got in the car, and they came two hours to pick me up, took me home. The father got home from work that, uh, by the time we got there. They booked me a flight to, uh, to Seattle. Uh, where my aunt lived, and um, they made up the difference of I don't know, 60 bucks or something for the flight. And uh, the mom washed my clothes, repacked my bags, and uh, they took me to the airport the next day, got me on a plane home to Seattle, and uh, gave me 20 bucks for food along the way, and just took care of me like I was one of their kids, you know. And uh, that meant so much to me. Um, you know, being taken care of by Brother D. Malay, um, that, you know, I've told that story, so I don't know how many times in my Masonic career. And, uh, you know, because it, that's what it meant. That's, that's what this whole organization uh, preaches about is brotherhood, right, and fraternity. And what better showing to, or what better experience of fraternity than that, right? Um, exactly. So that, that was really, really cool. Awesome. What did hey, you do in the carnival? You're being quiet. Why don't have you visited much? <laughs> no, I've not visited at all. I'm quite new to the the whole thing, and I've only been to Squamish. Feels like I'm visiting every time because it's quite a long drive. But how many uh, lodges are close to you, Dave? Uh, Squamish and Lillooet. All right. Two hours either way. He's less than an hour and a half to the ones on the North Shore in Vancouver, though. And we used yep. to travel from uh, West Vancouver and North Vancouver to uh, Squamish quite frequently for their meetings, both by car and by motorbike. Yeah, yeah, we definitely have lots of visitors at Squamish quite often. You should, uh, you should go and visit the Duke of Connaught Lodge and admire their kilts. I would like to. Because cause I, I know the guy who, who made them. Oh, do you? You got an insider, insider knowledge? Yes. What did you do in the carnival, Steve? Uh, I ran a game a called Bowler Roller. Oh, cool. <laughs> uh, that's that big 10-pin bowling ball that you roll over the hump and you try to keep it in the dip. Yeah. Yep. I, I was just so good at it, right? And I was working at the P&E on, on the games at the P&E. And they recruited me because during my breaks, I'd go over to the bowler roller and I'd make the bell bell go off. And they just love that. Can you come back again? Can you come back again? And then uh, the boss was there one day and uh, it was coming close to the end of the P&E. And he said, hey, 
this place shuts down. Do you want to come on the road with us? I'll put you in charge of this game, right? And I was like, oh, sure, why not, right? And, uh, you know, I had already gotten my grade 10, and I didn't, I wasn't going any further in school because I was going for a trade ticket, and that's all you needed back then was a grade 10. So <clears throat> I said, sure, why not? So it was the the coolest experience. I had I had a, a new girlfriend that was that relationship was only two months new, three months maybe, right? <clears throat> you know, and I and I did that thing where I promised I'd be good and loyal on the whole trip and everything, right? Yeah, God, that was the hardest thing I ever did, man. <laughs> I tell you, you you know, it's nothing like having it thrown in your face and having to turn it down um, oh, all yeah. the time at every stop, right? And but you know, it was a good challenge for my moral compass. That's good. So, uh, Alan, what do, do you have any interesting stories about when you've gone visiting? Well, I'll just talk about the benefits of visiting. And in Australia, each uh, state runs one little black book for all the workings, and you have a um, grand superintendent of workings and district uh, uh, superintendent working. So everybody's lodge workings is very much the same. There's occasional optional lectures and educational lectures, but the Masonic workings are the same. What I love about BC and visiting here is that we have the four styles of Freemasonry, and I don't know if you've covered that in a previous blog. Briefly. And the fact that of the... Um, nine lodges here in uh, districts one and 21, no two lodges do identical work. So therefore, every time you go out, you get to see something different. And even if you've seen the third degree put on by Haida for the third time, you'll still start seeing different things in it. Whereas uh, in Australia and New Zealand, because of the uniformity, it's only the different people on it. But I still enjoyed back in those days seeing the younger Freemasons trying really hard to deliver their charges. It's one thing to see an old guy uh, like us standing there and delivering the charge for the 22nd time, but to see the younger um, junior wardens, senior wardens or whoever delivering a charge and working really hard at it makes you really feel really proud for them. And that's what I get out of my visiting is seeing the different work and the different people doing the work over time and not just leaving it to the same people every time, as well as the fellowship in the South. Well, that's again, I've, I'm working on a lecture on the differences between Victoria and Victoria um, over in Australia because the junior warden looks after the supper before or after the meeting, you're invited to go to the South. So the uh, supper after the meeting is called the South. Interesting. So it, it's the little differences <laughs> like that. <clears throat> That's pretty cool. Um, I, um, yeah. I, I know exactly what you're saying with respect to the, the variations in, in the uh, district uh, meetings. I mean, it's the same thing here in, in the Okanagan. We've got nine uh, or eight lodges in our district. And though there's two ancient lodges, we don't do quite the same work, right? And then you, go, then you go to those funny Canadian work lodges and they all do it somewhat similar but different. And right. then, you know, like I just came back from Cuba where 
that was my second trip to Cuba. And uh, so I, I went and visited Lodge the first time there. And then I went back again and visited them this time that I went back. And the really cool thing is, though, even though it's in Spanish, it's ancient work, and I followed along with everything they were doing. Right. It, except they do this thing there where they don't spend much time on business, um, uh, the, on the business of the lodge, right? Um, they they do this unique thing where they talk about their, their whole conversation in lodge is about either the things that they're doing and need to plan or the sick and distressed that are no, not at the meeting. You know, for example, this, uh, this past me, this past meeting I went to, they had three brethren that were in ill or distressed circumstances. And one of them actually wasn't himself. It was his daughter. And, uh, she was having, uh, some medical issues and for a while they couldn't figure it out, but then figured out that it was, um, a, uh, a gallbladder or, or, or something like that anyways. And, um, what they do is the senior warden has a box underneath his chair and he pulls it out and it's a special donation box. So, you know, how we normally have the guys go around with the bag of fraternal assistance, mm -hmm. right? Well, they still do that, but they have this special box that they, uh, once they talk about the brethren that are in need, then everybody gets up and they go around and they do a spe special donation into that box in front of the senior warden. And then that money specifically goes to those brothers who were discussed in the meeting and what their needs were. And uh, of course, there's a brother in charge of taking care of all of that and so on, right? Um, but that's that's one of the really cool things uh, that they do that's that was different than i've seen anywhere else that i've visited and most of my visiting is uh done in my local jurisdiction i i mean i do in my area well i looked it up on the last two calendar years and i averaged 35 to 45 meetings a year right and we have our regular meetings at my lodge and oh yeah and then there's scottish right and the rose Croix and the consistory meetings that i go to right on top of those meetings so i get a lot of visiting in and and i really appreciate the different rituals that are done just because it gives me something different to to try and focus on and understand when i'm there right and um i don't know yeah it gives you a different appreciation for the different workings Cool. Yeah. I have a question yeah. for you guys. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Connor. No, you go ahead, Dave. Um, for our more senior members here, is there anywhere, any lodges in the world that you desire to go visit and maybe why? I would oh. love to get to the Grand Lodge of England, go into the Grand Halls there and to the Grand Lodge of Scotland. Uh, both of those are beautiful buildings with incredible history. Those one, There's some incredible ancient well, one's in America as well, but the two that are on my hit list are Edinburgh and London. Yeah, those cool. are on my hit list as well. I'm also really interested in going to Mother Co-Winning Number Zero, um, as well as I'd really like to go to the Grand Lodge of Japan. Ah. You know, I had, I had a brother came back from the Grand Lodge of England and did a report at our lodge. 
and you know he did a bit of a slideshow shared a bunch of pictures and so on and it was just beautiful the the architecture and and the craftsmanship was just second to none right mm -hmm. so being that i knew i was going back to cuba i really wanted to go and see what their grand lodge was uh, was like because the first trip that i went there i went to the building but i couldn't go in and go up in because nobody was there and i didn't announce myself <laughs> that i was coming right so this time i actually went there uh just just to see because we were doing a tour downtown and and whatnot and the building manager was there and i actually got to meet because he was giving a tour to the um grandmaster of chihuahua mexico and okay. so i got Is to meet a little guy yeah Right? <laughs> little furry guy? Yeah, 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 he was, right? No, he's a little shorter than me. I got pictures. I'll share it one day. And um, Terrible. <laughs> I know, but one of those things. That was the name. So, anyways, uh, while we were there, they took us on the tour. And so we got to see there's nine lodge rooms in the Grand Lodge of Cuba, Okay. And then there's the big main Grand Lodge room, okay? I never got to see that because it was under repair and uh, he had no access because it was under repair, okay? So he took us through the nine other rooms and I'll tell you, it gives me a whole other appreciation. Did you know, five nights a week, there are nine meetings happening in that, in that building. You, and you wow. go into there and I was expecting because I'd seen pictures of other grand lodges and I've been to many different lodges. I was expecting something very grandioso. The majority of their lodge rooms were no more than 20 feet wide by 30 or 40 feet deep at, at, at the most. Okay. And they were all in disrepair, ceiling tiles missing, water damage coming down the wall, paint peeling off, all these, all these defects. And it was like normal for these guys. And, you know, without, without a ton of money going into it, it never gets fixed. Right. And it was, it was really an eye opener because when I went and visited the lodge in Cardenas, those guys took a lot of pride in their building and, and those members of that lodge went and did the work and fixed it, fixed it up. And they're, you know, they're always maintaining whatever needs to be done. Right. And no sign of, of distressed building inside. Right. You know, uh, it was, it was quite different that way. So, you know, uh, careful what you wish for. <laughs> yeah, um, you just made me think there's another lodge that I really want to visit at some point in my life, and that's Chelsea Lodge. Where's that? Chelsea Lodge meets at the Freemasons Hall in England. Um, but it's in, in order to be a member of Chelsea Lodge, you need to be in the entertainment industry. So you need to be a musician. You need to be a theater actor. Um, you can Anyone can visit, but to be a member of the lodge. So when you, when you hear about like the famous people in England who are Freemasons, 90% of them are members of Chelsea Lodge. Interesting. <coughs> Britannia is lucky enough to have a thespian as one of its past masters who does some of the most brilliant um, lectures in both Latin and the Scottish Rite. 
and I won't name him, but I'm always in awe when he does his, uh, he delivers it so alive because he actually is a stage actor. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was actually uh, something I've noticed listening to other podcasts where there's, you know, uh, I forget what they call those kinds of lodges, but um, they're, uh, they're theme-driven, whether they're an academic lodge from a college or whether they're a, a, a sports. Lodges. What's that? Specialty lodges. Yeah, specialty interest, special interest lodges, right? And yeah. uh, I thought, you know, those I, I thought, hey, that'd be kind of cool to have here. And then it was like, oh, that's that's like starting a whole new lodge. I'm not retired yet, so I can't really go into that that endeavor, right? But I thought that'd be kind of cool. Maybe that maybe having a Demolay Lodge would be. Oh, uh, that's really cool. a very logical one is to have just everybody that's ex Demolay. But see if you can get a Carney Lodge going. That'd be entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. The, they, they have weird hours and they're always on the road. So I don't know that. Uh, they, they could ha have a meeting at uh, 10 in the morning because most carnies don't get going to midday. Yeah, yeah, that's right too. Um, hey, you know, I noticed on our on our YouTube channel, we got a comment from uh, Brother River Peatman. Uh, on the third, he's going to Seattle to visit a chapter in the, in the United States. Has anybody ever gone to the United States to visit? I have. Yeah? Yeah. But that was part of an organized group, a fraternal visit, or was that just you going down and visiting? It was for Demolay when I was the provincial master counselor of British Columbia, and I went down to go to uh, Washington Demolay's Grand Lodge equivalent, which in Demolay terms is called a conclave. And uh, I went down with a group of people from my mother chapter, which is Phoenix chapter here in Victoria, and it was a lot of fun. Mm. Uh, Victoria. To, to River's question, I, I would just uh, make sure that uh, he does do secretary to grand secretary of chapter. Yeah, across, or especially since he's always going record. to the States. Fun? Especially since he's always going to the States. They're pretty sticklers for rules. Yeah, and yeah. When, it, when it comes to Demolay, Demolay Canada and Demolay International are technically separate bodies. They acknowledge one another, but it's not under the same governance. So if you're going to be heading down to, to um, well, it depends. River, if you're going alone, you would need to make sure that your executive officer knows and contact the executive officer, and then he would contact um, contact the Shuckanut chapter in and Rivers commenting that they definitely are aware, which is great. Okay, good, yeah. Um, but uh, if you're if you were going with a group, then really it would be down to the advisors to to do all that. Um, but yeah. yeah, so I my my advice to you would be to just go and have fun, uh, get to know some of your brethren down down in the uh, Chuckanut down at uh, down in America. Yeah, that's um, uh, going home. Is it? Yeah, Chuckanut. Yeah, and nobody there is going to be old enough to remember who I was. So I've been I've been to Chuckanut Chapter now half a dozen times in my years, but that was a long, long, long time ago. <laughs> okay, we're talking about visiting. Um, my wife had uh, the pleasure of a conference in Reno last May, and with that, I looked up and saw that one of the lodges had a um, website. I contacted the secretary directly because meeting on the Monday when I looked like I was going to have a spare day has been the other half at a conference. And they insisted that we I do the formal process of my secretary contacting grand secretary 
Grand Secretary in uh, Nevada through to the lodge that way. Uh, he wouldn't even answer my question what the dress code was for the uh, meeting until the uh, Grand Secretaries had all made their contact. So you never did get to visit? Never did get to visit. Right. But um, <coughs> in my first visit here in Canada, I contacted uh, Grand Lodge in Vancouver. They contacted um, my Grand Lodge uh, in Australia because I was demitted, got my Masonic uh, record, and then said, okay, who are you going to visit? And they forwarded it on to the secretary, so they knew I was coming. But I still had to prove myself, even though I had the introduction uh, from Grand Lodge in Vancouver. Right. So, you know, another interesting, uh, uh, I guess, call it a benefit from visiting. Is, so in, in our area, if you cross the bridge, there's another six lodges in District 10. And um, so really... Freemasonry in the Okanagan travels from the U.S. border uh, at, at uh, Oliver Asoyas area all the way to Revelstoke, right? And back in 2007, I met my now wife, uh, my second wife, and uh, she had a five-year-old boy. And, you know, we would go places and do things up and down the valley, right? And, you know, I think a couple of years in, two, three years in, uh, you know, we're, we're down in Penticton and we go to Tickleberries, which is an ice cream place there. And uh, I meet a brother from Asoyas, right? Just happens to be there, right? You know, and, and we go through the line and we're chit-chatting the whole way through the lineup and all that, you know, and we go outside and we're eating our ice cream, you know, and, and uh, the kid says, you know, Mom, I don't know about him. Just everywhere he goes, he knows somebody, right? Because three weeks prior, we were in Revelstoke, met a couple brethren there uh, at the uh, uh, hot tub or uh, hot springs place. And uh, <laughs> yeah, hot, the hot springs hot tub place there that they got, Canyon Springs or whatever. And then we we're, of course, we stop in uh, Vernon. And of course, I know somebody there and we meet, uh, I think we're at the Starbucks there and and uh of course i'm meeting everybody everywhere for several years he goes isn't there any place we can go that you don't know somebody and i said no i don't think so <laughs> you know yeah yeah oh yeah i guess i haven't been to Antarctica. the last i heard uh that the aussies uh had a traveling lodge down there okay i'm gonna add another lodge to my bucket list of lodges i want to visit yeah, I want to go to the Antarctican Lodge. Yeah, the Scott base down there. Um, I've well, it depends who's on the twelve-month rotation, but I have heard of at least one time there was a traveling uh, gavel there. Cool. Let's go do a yeah. podcast live yeah, from Antarctica. Podcast trip. Yeah, yeah there we go. Um, oh, speaking of traveling gavels, does uh, does Demolay Canada still have a traveling gavel? We have the galloping gavel. I believe you have it. You I still believe, have it, the big four-foot one? Yeah, I believe my chapter, Phoenix chapter, still has it. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, how old, how far back? Chapter, Fraser Valley far, chapter had it for a bit, but uh, far, on the official visit there. Uh, you stole it. We stole it. How far back does the book inside go? I'm not sure. I would have to ask uh, someone at Phoenix chapter to look. Okay, well, if it goes back to the early 1900s here, you'll find me all over it. 
Good. Yeah, we 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 used to. Well, back when there were seventeen chapters, it was it was a it was a pride and joy to be able to to claim that you had that, right? And you know to have it sitting up in your east, right? And so you know Beaver Chapter, you know being the cool guys with all the hot cars and hot girls, you know we we yeah, okay. we we'd be active and we'd be going everywhere because you know the more more guys you could fit into an Austin Mini. The, the more chances you, you had of getting that gavel, right? Because, it, yeah. you know, it was also based on the number of guys from your chapter, right? It, so, it, it, does your carny past help get all the uh, clowns into the mini? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right? um, <laughs> Professional. Uh, kind of drifting back to Blue Lodge a little bit. Uh, one of the complaints that I hear the most when I go and visit other lodges is that, oh, we're so glad you're here. We almost never get visitors. And... I think that the only way that you're going to get visitors at a lodge is if that lodge goes and visits. I was about to say, and if you ask them how many of your brethren have visited other lodges in this last month, and you'll find that probably none. Probably none. And uh, something that I, I heard of, I've got a few friends who are currently senior wardens, and they've been told that their year as senior warden, what they need to do is they need to go and visit. Correct. All, they, all, the entire year is just them visiting. Because that's how they'll end up beginning both the number of visitors at their installation and I was at an installation last week where there were 75 of us there which was great and it is also the way that they'll end up with the people doing the installation team because they'll know the past masters of the different lodges and the other brethren in and the it's sad like, part is is that they part. haven't started visiting pun and the sad part is is that prior to being senior warden they haven't started visiting Right. Well, that's where Britannia is great. We've had one visit where we went out to Souk, which is now and a bit out of town. And we were eight out of the 22 people in that lodge. And some of us just decided to go visiting there one night. Uh, um, I didn't even know the others were going. But, you know, we had nearly half the uh, lodge room was just uh, Britannia visiting. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, that, that's what it should be like. And, you know, it used to be back in the day when, you know, everything was horse-drawn buggies and, and all that kind of stuff where guys would actually group together to go visit, right? And it seems for some reason they've drifted away from that. Um, I've tried yeah. I've tried to encourage group visiting in our district. I run uh, a text messaging program in our district. What visiting so, program? A text messaging program. Yep. So every Sunday or Monday, I send out a text message to the district that uh, I think I got 98 people on the list. Uh, tells them what's going on for the week and uh, you know what to expect where. And in that, in that, I try to I arrange carpooling from Kelowna to wherever we're going, and I try to encourage the brethren to to do more visiting. Right. Um, you know, because that's one of the real only real ways you can you can expand your 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 circle of friendship and use the brotherhood to do that right um i i think this is the best way to go is to just get out there from the time they're active now the other the other thing is i'm going to segue us somewhat i also am the guy that runs the six steps to initiation in our lodge Good. and i when guys come in, I find out why they're joining. 
I'd say 75% say they don't know anybody here and they understood that we're uh, good quality guys and, you know, that that's the kind of people I want to surround myself with, right? So I tell them straight out, you're going to come to Lodge, you're going to join Freemasonry, and you're going to see a handful of guys in your own Lodge. Now, as you know, in society, not everybody connects well with everybody. So if you really want to get the fraternal aspect out of Lodge, be prepared to go to two meetings a week, minimum, right? And, you know, it's not always going to be two meetings a week. Sometimes it's one, sometimes it's four, right? But you go to what you can and be active. And that's the real way you're going to get that benefit that this fraternity has to offer. That's and, the message that I give any both seekers and young Freemasons, <clears throat> that yeah. it is not three hours, a, uh, one night a month or even two nights a month but you need to put in, as you're saying, two nights a week on average to get it. And that's what I do. I, I get out about eight times a month. Uh, yeah. Lodge. yeah that, and that's the only way, that's the only way it happens is if you get your foot out the door and go, right? I, I'm going to speak the great words of Freemasonry that every old past master ever in the world has said. You that's get not the way it was done in my time? You... <laughs> Those are the second most popular words. Um, you get out of Freemasonry what you put in. Yeah. That's true. It is. And that's where I actually will often uh, give people a ride um, that, you know, I've got uh, the pleasure of being part of the team for an ancient third next Wednesday here at Hyder Lodge. And I'm an emulation person because Australia is basically an emulation uh well, Victoria, Australia is emulation. So I joined an, an emulation lodge here. I'm but, not going to be able to make that. Oh, uh, it's my initiation into uh, Eastern Star that day. Oh, nice. So I will be. Oh, no. They got him. I'll be, I'll be hanging out with the ladies. Oh, and enjoy yourself. Well, <laughs> Instead yeah. of you, boring, boring men. No, no, no. That actually, the, the, ancient, the ancient third in full. Uh, and I won't pass any comment, but the it's the one that needs the full 25-odd uh, people to hold is going to be here in Victoria on Wednesday night. That's pretty cool, man. I really enjoy partaking in that, in that degree. I, uh, I, used to, I used to play uh, a couple of roles in that. Now I play, I think, three or four. <laughs> <laughs> right. And if, but, I, if I remember from what you were saying previously, uh, you're given like four days to memorize your lines. Yeah, something like that on, on average, yeah. But I've learned the lost word in Freemasonry, no. <laughs> and so I, I've, I've, taken it, I've taken the stance where I know enough pieces that I'm willing to do any one of them, but I, I don't really have time to learn new stuff. So I've sworn off learning new work for years now, right? And so just before I'm going to Cuba, I find out that the guy who does the preamble in the seventh degree demitted, and now they have nobody to do it, so somebody's going to read it from a lectern. I said, not in my lifetime, right? Well done. So I, I uh, took that preamble in, in, uh, to Cuba with me, and I learned that in Cuba uh, during my holiday. So that the week I got back from Cuba, I could do that before I do the lecture in the seventh degree, right? And... Uh, you know, it's it, that's a really 
Oh, yeah. Do, doing those types of things is, is so important, right? But I, back... I usually start learning my lines a month beforehand, but I really do learn them the five days before the meeting. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And, and but... Behind me here, I have, uh, I'll actually unravel it, but I have the uh, the chart for uh, Ancient Lodge's Entered Apprentice degree. And cool. I'm the junior deacon of an Ancient Lodge. Uh, I have to present the chart lecture. So the reason why I have probably a hundred year old piece of paper from my lodge in my hands at my home is because I have to memorize like a 10 page yep. monologue. And yeah. the master said, take this, you're going to need it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's a good thing. At least he let you take it home so you could practice with the live thing. Cause it's, it's really important to be able to, you know, know what you're looking at, know what you're pointing at and, and do it well when you do it. Uh, but back back to the visiting aspect, though. Dave, you know, I'm going to suggest something for you, man. I don't know how, how many guys are active in your lodge, but even if you only got one or two on, on the bandwagon, uh, you know, if you, if you could convince a couple of guys, even one, just to once a month take a trip in and visit another lodge, yeah. even if it happens to be the same lodge on a yeah. regular basis, right, because that's the closest lodge that you can go to, Go visiting, brother. Get into get into the North Shore. There's a few lodges there, and experience it, man. Because you know what? To be welcome with open arms everywhere you go, uh, and and you know people not just shaking your hand, but they're hugging you because they, they they know you, they like you, they they've come to to like the person you are, and and they welcome you. It, it's no better feeling. I visit. Ah. Anyway, yeah. Well, there's a, you're supposed to shower first. So a step back for visiting to the North Shore, that some of the people I know that when they're EAs and fellow crafts are a bit worried about visiting, there's unless it's actually a night of a higher degree, you're always, always welcome. And the other one is that um, to for you, next time you're at your own lodge, find out where people are from and that say, hi, I'm thinking of visiting, and they'll actually make a point of being there to vouch for you. Yeah. you're an open lodge yeah that's I've, I've got a bit of a story um so as you as people who have listened to the podcast know i'm a member i'm an officer of two lodges my mother lodge is henderson lodge number 84 which is an emulation lodge here in victoria british columbia i'm also an officer of astro lodge number three which is the um exemplar ancient lodge for the jurisdiction and that is up in nanaimo so what had happened um was that I wanted to visit all the lodges and my goal my goal was, and it still is, I'm still missing a few, to visit every lodge on the island. Britannia Lodge is one of the ones I haven't visited yet. Um, oh, good thing you got a raincoat. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to go and visit this Astro Lodge. I had heard a lot of really interesting things about Astro Lodge. That they had some of the best ritual in the jurisdiction and, and that they were amazing with their history. Like they were an incredibly old lodge um, and so on and so forth. So I called up one of my friends, uh, past master of my dad's mother lodge, uh, which is Victoria Columbia number one, who had uh, relocated to Nanaimo. And I said, hey brother, I'm thinking about going to this lodge. Would you be willing to go to this lodge with me and vouch for me? 
And he said, yeah, I don't normally go to that lodge, but they know me there and I'd happily come with you. So I went to that lodge maybe four times. I was still a fellow craft at this point in time. And literally the month after I got my Master Mason's certificate, not or not even my certificate, the degree, the month after I got my degree, I sent in an application for, for affiliation because I just loved that lodge so much. And, you know, I, I still love my mother lodge. I'm still active in my mother lodge, but having that second lodge, really it, 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 it's made my journey through the craft so much more. I've, I've gained more light by seeing the different works by really getting like, when you visit lodges, sure, you get to see the work it's presented to you. But when you, when you become an officer or even just you fill in a role in another ritual, you really sink your teeth into what that ritual is about. And I found that that really has helped me learn more about what it means to be a Freemason. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing that I want to talk about my, my other story <clears throat> is I touched briefly on that. My, my best friend was the past provincial master counselor of Alberta chap named Eric Anderson. And um, I met him from visiting. Uh, I, I think when we first made contact, we both were put on a committee uh, by the president of Demolay Canada. We were, uh, we were rewriting one of the award ceremonies. And um, then after enough time, I ended up going and we ended up, I think he came here and he visited here. Uh, and, and since then, we've been the best of friends. So, so not only through visiting have I basically found a second family in a second lodge, but I found my best friend. And really, I, I think that visiting is, as we've said uh, throughout this episode, the backbone or the keystone of Freemasonry. Without visiting Freemasonry, I don't think would stand the way that so, it today. So if I understand, you have, you're a member of your mother lodge? Yeah. Another yeah. blue lodge? Yeah. You're now a Mark Mason? Yeah. And you're going in, or you're, you're going into, or you're just going to be joining the uh, Eastern Star. Yeah. And was there another one there? Um, oh, you... I've been, I've been invited to the Order of the Secret Monitor. Okay. And, and there's that. And was there another one? Uh, uh, oh, no, you, are, are, are you like working on like the, the, uh, Kind of like the Demolay Canada. Uh, uh, I, I still am sitting on a couple committees there. Yeah. And the other one that does. He's single. I get it. I, the other one is his birthday is on March 26th. So he had, this is less than 12 months from his first uh, initiation in uh, Craft Lodge. Yeah. So glutton for punishment. Oh, I, also, I also am one of the co-runners. <clears throat> of this weird podcast on the internet. Right. Right. Those whack jobs. <clears throat> yeah, I tell you. So speaking of the podcast, and looking on here, we got a couple of uh, comments on there. Uh, the chicken. What happened to the chicken? Nicholas Biss wants to know. I have no idea. I, I, I never even knew there was a traveling chicken until Nick Biss told me about it like five months ago. That, 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 was, that came about, I think, when somebody lost where the uh, traveling gavel was, the galloping gavel. Well, well the, I don't think the chicken is around anymore. Is that a is that a rubber chicken? I hope. I'd... Yeah, 
From what I understand, it's a rubber chicken. It started as a chicken, ended up being a chicken foot on a plaque. Well, that sounds interesting. <laughs> well, sounds like something Nick would do. Yeah. All right. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, visiting is, is, I don't know, they, they call it the lifeblood of Freemasonry, but I, I totally enjoy every aspect and every benefit that it, that it offers. Um, it's really made my Masonic family uh, that much more meaningful to me. And uh, all I can say is I really encourage the brethren to get out there and, uh, and visit as much as they possibly can. So the, the, the couple of thoughts I've got is to warn the younger brethren that may be watching this. If you do go visiting, before you do, just go back over the work you had to do for your prove up for your first, second, and third degree. But if somebody says they'll take meet you there and visiting, and they mightn't be, so somebody still might make you uh, prove up. They don't want. I've never been asked for my obligation, but they'll ask you the questions that were around your prove up. Now, do not panic if you're let's make it a Canadian work and you're visiting an ancient and they are doing things slightly different. The people that are doing the uh, testing of you are looking for your familiarity with the principles and the concepts, not the exactness. Because one of the things that I love about visiting in BC is there is no wrong ritual, but there is an awful lot of different ritual. Don't, don't let the worshipful master of astrology hear you say that. There is <laughs> I believe there is no wrong ritual that even let's take it through. Some lodges have two passwords at the third degree level. And a lot of them only have one so that you end up getting uh, all the little things like that or um, which foot you go forward on. Things like that all vary between lodges and even between uh, emulation lodges. Well, there, it doesn't matter which lodge you go to. There's only one foot to go forward on. The second, the uh, interesting, the second uh, regular step in Freemasonry varies. The second one does, yes. Correct. Um, and the third. So <laughs> we're, we're, we're almost at our hour-long mark. We, we have been listening to the feedback. People said they wanted longer episodes. So we are, uh, we've made a longer episode for you. And I think it's time that we do start winding down. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite any last comments from our viewers in the comments section. And while we're waiting for those... I'm going to go over to Dave because he's been abnormally quiet in today's episode. And, uh, <laughs> I, I want him to talk about stuff. Talk about stuff. Well, Whatever from what I've, from what I've understanding here is just on the, uh, like what we we're talking about last time about memorizing ritual and how important it is to ingrain that within yourself. What I've realized from watching you guys and talking to other brothers that travel is that's also a good way of seeing the different perspectives of the same thing. Like you're talking about being a part of the ritual, watching it from the side, and it really helps you get a more full experience as a, as a Mason. And I'm definitely excited to start doing that. You should, uh, you should come visit one of my lodges. Sure. They're, they're, they're some of the best lodges. Oh yeah. The, the worship master <laughs> of Henderson's lodge of Henderson Lodge. He doesn't yeah. have a gavel. He has Molnir. Has a what? It is what? Thor's hammer. Oh, oh right. yes. Molnir. Uh, does he have the iron gloves to go with it? No, but I'm going to get him them. 
Good. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we could do a whole uh, podcast on the symbolism of Thor's hammer and what it means. I mean, I'm, That's I'm good times. I love that stuff. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Steve, do you have any uh, ending comments here? Uh, hang on, I was just reading an email from Nick Biss. There. Um, ending comments from me? <clears throat> I don't know. Visiting it's one of the best things I've, I've had. Uh, it's enhanced my Masonic experience just as much as it did my Demolay experience. And, um, you know, the more we can get out and do those types of things and have more of the fun without the work, uh, because, you know, when, at, at your home lodge, it's always work. There's work to be done, so you do it. But when you go visiting, that's generally the time that you have no responsibilities except to sit on the sidelines and enjoy the company of the brethren. Uh, unless you go to one of those lodges that you frequent a lot and they say, hey, can you fill in here? Oh, this guy's not here. Can you fill in there? Oh, that's right, because you're a past master. You know that role. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. So, but on the flip side of that is the chance to help another lodge uh, by filling in a chair. Uh, happy to do it, right? The only time that that kind of really bites, if you will, is um, when you invite somebody to come and visit your lodge and or go somewhere with you, and then you end up sitting in another chair. You don't even get to sit with them the whole lodge meeting, right? But uh, on the flip side of that, it's kept the, the, the sideline noise down. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that idle chatter that doesn't happen. So um, River Peatman has just given a comment. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite our guest host to respond to that. Oh, I think. So he the, said that there's two chapters that meet on the same day. And uh, yeah, but I've got the problem here. Um, you may or may not know that one in 21 emerging uh, next year to become a new South Vancouver Island district number one. And we've got uh, nine lodges <clears throat> and we have two pairs meeting on the same nights. And with that, I hope that the past masters can somehow or other organise between themselves so that we don't have any double ups across the new converged uh, group. As you were saying there, River, the idea of one uh, chapter meeting and doing an official visit to the other one is great. And I've seen that happen with United Peninsula going out to Mount Shepherd, and I've seen that uh, with number one visiting uh, Goldstream. Yeah. And, but I would li I'd like it in the future, if I have any uh, sway on things, is to get those lodges so they don't meet at the same night. There are enough nights in the month, even with the uh, Ansari, um other orders, that we don't double up so people can enjoy the fellowship. And another thing that happens is my mother lodge, Henderson Lodge, meets on the fourth Monday of every month. Now, the fourth Monday of December, is not usually a day that people want to meet because it's usually right around Christmas or New Year's. So what we do in December is we move our regular meeting to the second or third Monday, I can't remember which one. And we have a very quick meeting in the small lodge room at our hall that we use because the main hall in Victoria has two lodge rooms. So we have a small meeting. Well, Camosun Lodge, uh, number 60, has their regular meeting in the big lodge. So we have a small meeting a bit early. We do our business. We open and close as quickly as possible. And then we all run over and go and, and bother Camosun Lodge. And we do a big official visit 
uh, every December. This is what we do. So uh, not that that's a usual conflict that only happens that one month, but uh, mm -hmm. that could be a, a, a solution is that you could do like, like uh, Alan was saying, a big official visit. And for example, even this Wednesday, because we've had a whole series of movement of meetings because of the snow that Victoria, you know, one snowflake in the whole city froze for four days. There was a few more than one. Okay, but <laughs> Snowmageddon 2019, four lodge meetings uh, got cancelled and moved. So Camosun is tiling at seven o'clock to open and close to get the business done to before joining Hyder at 7.30 on Wednesday for mm -hmm. the same sort of thing. But yeah, but going back to the pure visiting uh, side of it, um, yes, you can be traveling somewhere and visit, or you can, uh, if you uh, can get off your butt and organize a few of your brethren to do a visit, either up Ireland here and going up to Port Hardy is a five hour drive. So it's not just a casual, oh, let's go up to um, Port Hardy tonight. But um, Barkerville in the um, Kootenai, is it Trinity's? Anyway, Barkerville. Yes, I think so. Um, has a beautiful old uh, Masonic Lodge building and had the Grand Master visits there on the second uh, Friday in August. So seven of us are riding up by motorcycle just to go be yeah. part of a fraternal visit. Do you have a sidecar? No, but uh, you can sit on the pillion. It's on the... <laughs> can I <laughs> But So you can make it a theme visit to this beautiful 1860s gold mining town with a you know 150 year old lodge building um when half the grand line will be there and so we're just getting a group visiting from the island hope to see more people there for that visit well how just many guys how many guys are going to go with you how many, guys, how many guys are going to go with you well we've got seven of us six motorbikes with one uh, riding uh pigeon a 72 year old dad is traveling behind his uh son um to go up uh on the back of his bike uh we've got another 72 year old that will be riding his own bike up there cool you've got a spare seat i'd like to ride up with you okay talk about that offline what's uh, the date of that again okay. that's the second friday in uh august okay so with that said um I'd like to thank Alan Blytho for being our guest host today. Yeah. Um, it's super awesome. You're our first guest host that we've ever had, and we hope to have more. And maybe in the future, you'd like to come back and join us again. Tell me the topic and uh, probably will. Um, now, with that said, our next uh, episode is going to be this time next week. And we'll be posting more information about what that topic is going to be as soon as we can. Um, we also have some really, uh, super secret special stuff coming up, which I don't want to get into right now, but, we've but got, we can give them a date. We, we can give them a date. So Steve, why don't you give them that date? March 11th, tune in, book off your lunch, take an extra long lunch. If you're, if you're a working man during the lunch hour, because we are going to have one of the most, well, arguably the most important person in our jurisdiction on our podcast. You're getting me back. Yeah. <laughs> um, there you go. Uh, I, I'm the guest host, actually. I'm. I, it's just going to be me. Okay. In a way. Um, uh, now, with with uh, with that said, make sure you tune in that meeting. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you for watching the Working Tools Masonic podcast. Mm -hmm. 
if you liked uh, in, if you like joining us today, make sure you subscribe and hit that bell notification. Uh, send us a like on Facebook, and uh, if you ever have any uh, questions uh, or comments, please feel free to message us on Facebook. Hey, did you know we now have twenty three subscribers, and we're only on our third episode? Yeah, that's pretty Ooh. cool. Yeah, let's keep that. We're let's taking over that. the world now. You you got enough for lunch meeting? There you go. Yeah. There you go. Working yeah. lodge. Yeah, online digital lodge. So, anyway, with that said, I'll bid you all adieu. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Bye bye. Till next week. Take care, guys.